Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network, and now streaming across the world. And uh, we hope that if you can't catch us uh, on our radio broadcast, you can let your friends and neighbors know that. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, they can go to uh, supertalklaurel.com or supertalkhattiesburg.com, and uh, effective today, you can stream the Eagle Hour live wherever you are. Glad to be with you today. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, good buddies of the Eagle Hour, and of course Southern. Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their fall off the bone ribs, hickory smoked brisket, all kinds of great food. They'll cook it every day fresh in their restaurants across Mississippi and they will cater any event for you, large or small. Great show today. We've got the one and only Reggie Collier in the studio with us. Reggie's going to be with us throughout the hour. We're about to talk to Dave Nitz, who is the play-by-play voice of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. And today, we begin our preview of uh, Conference USA Football. We're going to be visiting uh, with every school, and we're going to start today with the arrival of the Golden Eagles, the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech. And Dave, we're glad to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much. Uh, good to be with you guys. All right, you've got uh, the normal two guys, me and Luke, who you've dealt with before, and of course, one of the great college quarterbacks of all time, Reggie Collier's in the studio with us. So, uh, Reggie may have a question or two for you before we get done. But, Dave, uh, so let me ask you a, a brief summary of Louisiana Tech football in 2019. Uh, lost a lot of offensive, uh, or rather bring back a lot of offensive talent from last year. You lose a good bit of defensive talent. So how do you think all of that will average out? Well, you know, I, I had a chance to watch their scrimmage uh, this past week, and really I thought the defense looked better than the offense. Uh, and, of course, you know, it's two weeks before we open up. But I know we got a lot of folks to replace on defense, especially the defensive line. Of course, you got Jalen Ferguson, who uh, broke the all the NCAA record for sacks, most sacks. He had 45 sacks in his career, and he broke that record. And... Uh, going to replace, have to replace him at defensive end. I don't know exactly who will replace him right now uh, at that defensive end, but the secondary defensive secondary, you know, we have a Meek Robertson back there, and he's one of the best defensive corners along with Aaron Roberson, uh, just to name a couple. Uh, uh, Legereus Snee is another uh, defensive back that is returning, so our defensive secondary, I think, is probably as solid as it's been for a long time. Uh, Jalen Ferguson, that's the kind of kid you can't really replace, though, right? I mean, he no, was a great can't. player. 
No, he, he was a lot of fun to watch, that's for sure. And he, of course, in the Hawaii Bowl, he set the NCAA record uh, for the most sacks in a career. He ended up with 45, which ended up uh, also the same number he wore was number 45. But, uh, you know, and we, we won the Hawaii Bowl, and that was the first time ever that we have beaten Hawaii on the island. And, of course, we were in the WAC for 11 years and played uh, Hawaii every other year and never was able to beat them out there uh, in conference play. And we were able to go out there this year and win in the, in the Hawaii Bowl on their home field beating Hawaii. So that was, that was a big deal for us. Dave, Louisiana Tech has had a lot of consistency now at head coach uh, for a number of years, and that's translated into consistent winning. You look back, I, I just went back to 2016. You win eight games, seven games, nine games. How, how much How much has Coach Holtz brought to Louisiana Tech football uh, in the respect of, of being a consistent winner and expecting to have winning seasons every year? I think I think you hit it upon it. You know the the consistency, and that's something we had lacked uh, prior to uh, to Skip coming in as a head coach. And I think uh, a lot of it had to do with with the coaches. I know we lost some coaches every year, lost some to Southern Miss over the last couple of years. But over and all, we have had a pretty well, you know, consistency of of a staff, and that's something we haven't had. And gosh, I go back, uh, started broadcasting in 1974 at Tech when we had uh, Mickey Slaughter, Maxie Lambright was a head coach. And I don't think, I think those guys were there, uh, felt like forever, you know, as assistant uh, staff. And that's something I think uh, a head coach has to build to have a consistency as a team because the team then knows what to expect out of, the, out of their coaches. Dave, Luke Johnson here. Congratulations starting uh, year number 46 as the voice of the Bulldogs. When we talked to you last year in pregame, uh, Jamar, uh, Jamar Smith, uh, senior quarterback for the Bulldogs from Meridian, Mississippi, so right up the road where, where we are here right. in Hattiesburg. He's back. Uh, Hardy had over 1,000 yards receiving last year. And Dancy, uh, your running back, uh, is back. All those guys, upperclassmen, two seniors and a junior. Uh, on paper, those are the obvious guys. Is there anybody else uh, that's going to help those three uh, push well, the football I down the field from, this year? From a running back standpoint, Israel Tucker really looked good Saturday. He's a, he's a junior from Metairie, Louisiana. And we also had uh, a kid by the name of Justin Henderson, who is from Lake Wales, Florida, and a transfer from Coffeyville Community College in Kansas. He played some last year, but I, I thought he really ran hard Saturday in the scrimmage. So those two guys uh, in there, along, like you say, Dancy, uh, you know, he's always he's had the injuries, you know, well documented on on all the problems he had over the last two or three years. And then we got a, a, a redshirt freshman from Ruston, DeAndre Marcus, who also has kind of stepped in and. Uh, gotten a lot of good snaps in the preseason workout so I think we're we're pretty solid back there and you mentioned Hardy is a, a wide receiver and uh, there's another wide receiver redshirt freshman that played a little bit last year but uh, didn't I think he played in the four games which a freshman is allowed before you know they could be redshirted Smoke Harris is the guy's name from St. Francisville Louisiana uh, he's got a lot of speed and uh, I think he could really be quite you know quite a good receiver for us along with cj powell who is a junior wide receiver so i think we've got 
ample enough of receivers. I think the biggest question mark really is Jamar Smith. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He has not lived up to what his expectations were when he first arrived at Louisiana Tech. He has been hot and cold, and I'm hoping maybe his senior year now he has found you know what it takes to be able to be consistent game in and game out. Have uh, you look at the first game of the season at Texas uh, next weekend? You ever called one at the old uh, Memorial Stadium there in Austin? I have not. Have not. This will be my first time. I've done basketball. I've done baseball at, down at the University of Texas. This will be my first football game down there. You talk. But, uh, we're only a twenty-point underdog, so uh, you know, take it or give it however you want to look at it. But uh, you know, I, I thought I thought the, I thought the line would be a lot higher than that. Just to be honest with you, Texas is ranked tenth in the nation, and they're expecting a lot of things. They've had some problems. Uh, you know, as far as uh, winning that opening game, they've lost the last two years to uh, Maryland, I think it is. So who knows what's going to happen on the opening game of the season. But I'm sure they're, they're raring to go and feel like that uh, they've, they've got things ready to go, too. You look at uh, the conference schedule, uh, FIU at home, Southern Miss at home, North Texas at home, and that, that looks pretty good. But then you yep. go to at Marshall and at UAB. Those two, that, that three-game stretch, North Texas at home, at Marshall, at UAB, probably the toughest run for the Bulldogs this season. Oh, no question about it. Uh, I think uh, UAB is really a question mark uh, because, you know, they had so many seniors last year. It'll be interesting to see how they reload, I guess, so to speak. And what I hear about Marshall, that uh, they, they've really had a good offseason, and they are, they're expecting a lot of big things out of Marshall. So it, it, those three will be interesting. And, of course, we have Southern Miss at home, like you said, and FIU at home, which I think FIU is going to surprise a lot of people again this yep. year. All right, we've got a uh, we got one minute left. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts about my guest. That's uh, well, he's really not a guest. He's been on the show probably as much as anybody. An but unpaid guest. Unpaid guest. Yeah. <laughs> Do you recall a quarterback here by the name of Reggie Collier? Yeah, I think I've heard of that name before. Uh, <laughs> did he did he play at Delta State or was it at Southern Miss? <laughs> I ended up at, I, ended oh, up yeah, at I remember I remember Reggie very well. They say that it was really Sammy Winder that made his career. Do you do you recall that, Dave? Well, you know, uh, that could happen with a lot of quarterbacks. You know, <laughs> everybody gives all the either the blame or the accolades oh. to a quarterback. But you know, he has to have some pretty good people around him too. I got one question. I I have every intention of coming up uh, this this upcoming year to Ruston. One one question. Sure. Squire Creek. Is it everything they say it is? Squire Creek? Yeah. Yes, it is. It's more than that. I mean, uh, I've never played it. Of course, I'm not a golfer anyway. So, uh, you know, they won't let me near there because because they know the episode that I had one time broadcasting a golf tournament, and I didn't know any better. Uh, This was several years ago and ran a golf cart across the green. <laughs> uh, we're not going to let Reggie do that, Dave. Well, don't let me drive it either. Oh, hey, <laughs> thanks so much, man. We always enjoy our conversations with you. Best of luck to you and your Bulldogs this morning. Okay, we well, hope to see you guys up here. All right, thank you. Okay. Dave Nitz, everybody, play-by-play voice for Louisiana Tech University. When we come back, Reggie Collier on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And welcome back. I want to thank Dave Nitz from Louisiana Tech University for joining us uh, in the opening segment. Broadcasting, of course, from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Streaming for the first time ever as well, live on the Internet. And so who better to have uh, the first day that we stream from the First Bank Studios than the face now of First Bank. The perfect 10. The perfect 10 from First Bank. Reggie Collier, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. So your first football question to the man was about golf, Reggie. Couldn't help but notice that. Of course. Yeah, if it's not golf, it's football, you know. Right, I got you. Uh, real quick, First uh, First Bank uh, building a new branch out here in West Hattiesburg. And, man, the building's beautiful. When are you guys moving in? Hopefully. Um, you know, just like any other new building, when it comes to construction, you have delays, and, and we've had our share of delays. But hopefully we'll be in and – Operating functionally, you know, full function, full service in the next couple of weeks. At oh, okay. the oh, wow. Most. We so. were looking on the inside. We put our hands up to the glass, <laughs> and we noticed there was a big vacuum. We didn't know if that was going to be like where they stuck all your trophies and jerseys and had like a <laughs> call your shrine when you walk in there. No, 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 that's not going to happen. That's a bank. Not a, not a, not the and football. A, and office. a big tent on the front of the building. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know about all of that. No, no I don't think so. All right, a couple questions I have right out of the gate for you about Southern Miss football. Yeah. This frustrates me, Reggie, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong or not. When you, were the, when you were the quarterback here, we knew who our quarterback was. Right. That's really been the case most, most of the years at Southern Miss. We went into the season, and we knew who the quarterback was. But we have a coach now that doesn't like to make that announcement. He talks about competition up until the day of the uh, – First game. Is that a good or a bad thing for the football team not to know who the leader of the, the team is going to be until the season starts? Well, there are two games being played here. And what you have to realize is those guys on the field who practice every day, they know who's going to be the starter. Uh, we outside, uh, from the outside looking in, it you have to realize with with uh, the media of today, uh, with uh, the communication, with uh, anybody can get anybody at any time. It's a matter of not letting your opponent know who the starter is or who to prepare for because you have two guys who are almost completely different quarterbacks. And and in game planning, you know if you got a Reggie Collier Coming in that first game, you know what you're going to get, so I can I can game plan solely on Reggie Collier, not David Sellers. All right, so from an opponent standpoint, it kind of keeps them off guard as to who's going to be out there, who's going to be the starter, who's going to play the most. So you have the game that's being played as to if I'm a defensive coordinator from Alcorn, I'm trying to figure out. All right, who is going to be the starter? All right, so now I can't focus all my attention on one guy who does one thing really well and not the other guy who does another thing really well or he can do both things equally as well. So I can't devote all my time. I have to split my preparation time for two guys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of one guy. So most people don't realize how – 
how difficult that can be when it comes to game planning for a particular team. And when you have that particular person who's the main focus of that team, it creates a whole new dynamic as to all of a sudden I'm just saying myself, I'm not I'm not gonna pay any attention to what Jay Hobson's saying. I know this guy's gonna play. All right. And for whatever reason, if that guy does not play, oh, <laughs> they're scrambling. Yeah. Trying to figure out what to do, when to do it, how to do it. The players are doing it, the coaches are doing it, everybody's in the fog as to what do we do. So, as a head coach, I don't blame him. I'm not gonna give my opponent any advantage as to say who my starting quarterback is going to be. You think he knows too? Everybody, in my my opinion, I think he knows. I think the players know. The quarterback knows? The quarterbacks know. Because if I'm out there competing with you, I'm seeing every day. And if I want to be honest with myself, uh, he's, he's, he's better than I am. Or Luke knows. I I think it's like like that. that, But I remember the 2003 team going in. We were playing Cal the first game. On Monday of the Cal Week, we found out that Mickey D'Angelo was our starting quarterback, not Dustin Allman. Found out that I was the starting punter, not the guy that I was competing. It was like three or four positions. So sometimes the players do know, and I think everybody, like Reggie said, around the team kind of knows who's ahead. But in some ways, uh, there's more competition that way. But they they know. But it, Reggie, here's the thing. If the two-quarterback system is ever going to work at Southern Miss, it's actually in our favor this year because whereas three years ago we were forced, Keon got thrown in a few years ago unnecessarily in like week 10. Last year, Tate had to come in. because. But it's almost like this year, Tate Watley would be able to be thrown in as a curveball you know, in, in short-yarded situations. I think, though, Abraham, especially after the Saturday scrimmage, hadn't covered that yet. Talk about that a little later. Jack kind of pulled away just the way he's been throwing the football. But at the same time, you create that kind of uh, question in a defensive coordinator because he's got to prep. He's got to spend more time scheming, you know, for both guys. He does. He does. And, you know, and the, it's another thing, too, because 20, 30 years ago, things are being different, run different than they are now as far as when it comes to practice, how they do things at practice, uh, the scrimmages, to being able to evaluate talent. They can evaluate talent at every position but quarterback, to me, fully. Because if I'm in a scrimmage and I got a quarterback and every time you get close to him, they blow the whistle because of the jersey situation on, that doesn't really tell me anything. Because I want to know what my guy's going to do when somebody's in his face. Mm -hmm. I want to know what my guy's going to do when things break down completely at the line of scrimmage. How is he going to handle that adversary, adversity at that particular time? Will he just panic? Will he create? Will he make something happen with his legs? And then I don't necessarily mean him breaking out and running 50 yards. I mean just getting out of the way, making a throw, making a run, turning something into uh, – turning nothing into something. I mean, it's a little bit more difficult now than it was. Because you were getting hit by the nasty bunch every day at practice. Right. I you didn't have a red jersey. No, 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 not at all. I can't – myself personally, I can't imagine going through – uh, coming up to the first game of the year and not being hit, mm. not one time since last year. Now, that's just me personally. I, I I can't imagine that. All of a sudden, just getting clocked on the first two plays of the game, and that's the first time I've been hit in six months. But, I mean, that's, what, that's how they do now, it. Your now, your guys didn't really full-blow hit you, did yeah. they? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember you told us oh, one yeah. time. The I mean, hardest licks he ever took in college football was from his own teammates. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was a part of it because we had to know. When you got hit, number one, how you going to hold up? Will you hold on to the ball? Right. I mean, those kind of situations that are created during practice are often repeated in the games. So if I'm getting hit, especially with the offense that we ran, I'm getting hit 15, 16, 17 times a game. You know, how am I going to react? How is my body going to react? How, me personally, mentally, you know, taking those licks, knowing what, to, what, you know, when to do things and when not to do things. And protecting the ball was the main thing. I, I had a lot to do with that because if you're not getting hit, it's something, that's not something you're not getting used to. Right. How can you practice it? Yeah, but right. you could outrun them too. Well, I ain't, I ain't I run them all the time. Believe me, it, there was some situations you'd be saying to myself those OS moments. Uh-huh. I can't say it on the air, but it'd be like, oh, oh my. And then you're like, and you got to deal with it. But mm. it's just a different dynamic. And, uh, you know, I kind of, I guess it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Those guys and the players, they know because they're in the meetings, not only on the field, but they're in the meetings. Uh, they're seeing these guys, how they interact. Who knows what they're doing? And then when they get on the field, who's performing? They know. Believe me, they they know who the starter is. And then it, it, sometimes there are situations where there is a close battle. It is a close battle, and 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 you say to yourself, okay, I'm good with either one, because there's nothing worse than having a situation where you have a guy out there and saying to myself, he ain't got no business being out here. Yeah. Or. You know, because mm-hmm. we feel like the other guy. And, and I think there's a way you can tell your team who that is without it leaking out. Right. Because at the same time, this was last year, man. Like, it's like everybody, including the team, I don't know if this is the case, but you feel like 48 hours out, we still didn't know who our quarterback is. And eventually, you got to, as a team, you got to rally behind that dude. I mean, he's your general, he's your leader, right. he's the face of your team. And so you would think, even if we don't know it, that. On the inside, it's been communicated fairly well. It, 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 exactly. And then, you know, even if that other guy is not the starter, you know, he has to prepare himself as if he will be the starter. So when and if his number is called, uh, there's nothing uh, like walking into that huddle that you coming into a game, whether it be late game situation or, or when you're being replaced, when you have all 10 of those guys looking at you. And they're expecting leadership right. out of you. So uh, I'm pretty sure both both uh, two, three, whoever, they're going to prepare as if they are going to be the starter. But I think for the most part, everyone knows who's going to be the starter. All right, we've got Reggie Collier in the studio with us. First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. The whole crew's here today. We'll be back, continue our conversations with number 10 right after this. Back on a Monday, live from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Dalton, Bob, Luke, and the Perfect Ten. Reggie Collier joining us. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street 
in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Got a couple more weeks for that Tuesday night special coming up tomorrow. 65 cent wings and 4th Street Bar and Grill, the place to go for trivia, Southern Miss memorabilia, and just some real good food. Check them out. There's a few pictures of Tim. We we found nothing to talk against you, but there is a 1987 NIT poster in there, and Casey Fisher's just face is absolutely – it's amazing and it's hilarious in the because they're wearing those old school converses. Yeah. They got you know shorts that come up mid thigh. Right. And uh, no, they shorter than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's four street. And the posters faded gradually fade. Yeah, but it, it's it's pretty cool. Right. right. Um, Reggie, you were talking about we were talking about quarterbacks. One thing Southern Miss will not have to worry about this year: the depth at wide receiver is pretty astonishing. You had Lewis Lips. Uh, but you look at guys this year, Tim Jones, uh, Quez Watkins, uh, Jalon Adams, uh, Mitchell. Uh, as a quarterback, you know, if, if they lock down a guy, look at this guy at Louisiana Tech, he has like 1,100 yards. So on paper, you know, you know right. where it's going to. Look at ours from last year. Everybody know Quez is the guy. What does it make you feel as a quarterback when, to use our, our coach's uh, words this year, it's like sending in waves at receiver? That's a, that's a great feeling. Um, and it's great to hear that because of the simple fact it, it lets you and it lets everybody know as well as the, the team the confidence that he has in them as a group uh, so it doesn't matter who it is you know, and of course you've got the, the favorites who, who who stand out during the course of the year by their performance but as a group to know that doesn't matter who's out there it's going to get done in and then hopefully the whole team is thinking that same way. It didn't matter who's in there, where you're playing, what position, the job is going to get done. And to have the confidence in that particular person or that particular group who's in there that it's going to get done. So you and I both know, because we play, that there are certain times when certain people come in and you're like, oh, my goodness, why is he in here? Yeah. We, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a fact. And it happens all over. Not only here, but it happens all over. But when you have guys, it doesn't matter who they are, when they come in the game, you're saying to myself, nothing's going to, we're not going to fall off. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is, what number they are, what situation they're in, that they are capable of getting the job done. And on top of that, having the confidence in them that they're going to get the job done. And by saying that and by doing that and by him making that statement, it also gives those players the confidence that when they do go in or when they are in there as a group, which well, it doesn't matter which group it is, first, second group, first group, second group, when they come in, that they have the confidence that they're going to get the job done. So uh, it's great to hear that uh, because basically that says he has a lot of talent. Okay. And I've seen it. Was, they have some athletics. Out, they have some athletes out there. Was there ever a time, or was there a defining moment with you? Like I mentioned, Lewis Lips watching him play, or Sammy play. Was there a defining moment in a game or in practice where you were just like, "Okay, I'm not the only one out here that has tremendous ability. These guys are in a league of their own, also." Oh, it was several players. It was uh, Lewis the first day of practice. You knew right then and there. Uh, who in the hell is this guy? I heard about him, but this boy's a real deal. I mean, because Lewis came in like his hair was on fire. I mean, running, catching everything. You knew right then that Lewis was going to be something special. And he was. Gerald Bayless, same thing. 
Gerald came in on the second team defense. That first scrimmage we had, that was the only time he was on second team defense. After the first scrimmage, he had elevated himself to first team. Wow. You knew right then that Gerald was going to be something special. Gerald, when he was – I was – during the scrimmage, Gerald, we rolled out, and all of a sudden I'm running. I feel somebody pulling on the back of my jersey, and I'm saying to myself, who in the hell is this? All right, then he tackles me. I turn around, and it's Gerald. I'm like, a damn nose guard. I'm like, wow. Okay, maybe that was a fluke. But then during the course of the scrimmage, we couldn't handle it. And that's when you say to yourself, we got something special here yeah. in this kid. I think he's one of maybe the two or three best defensive players in a lineage of great defensive players that's ever played here. I, I'm, I'm going to go further than that. I am going to say Gerald is the best defensive player to ever play at Southern wow. I couldn't argue with you about that. And not only because he, I played with him, uh, I saw what – I saw the havoc that Gerald created on a weekly basis. I saw the attention that was devoted to Gerald by the other team on a weekly basis. You saw uh, during the course of a game how he had the how uh, the effect that Gerald had no on a game. No question. Because Gerald occupied three guys: the center and both. And both guards, because if a center tried to to deal with Gerald one on one, it was it was no contest, because that's just how great of a player he was. And I and I've said this several times, and I'll I'll continue to say this as long as I have a voice. But Gerald is one of the most underrated I agree. players to ever play at the University of Southern Miss and play football. I agree. We've had some great ones. I'm not taking anything away from anybody. Uh, the great ones that we've had. Uh, at Southern Miss on the defensive side of the ball. But to somebody who dominated a game and everything was centered around that one person uh, t- in order to make things happen, I, I I can't think of anybody more dominant Where is than he Gerald. now, Reggie? I think know? Gerald's in Seattle. Is that right? Yeah. What what type of – what was his personality? Because we always hear that the great ones. There's a, always that story where Hanford, as a freshman, walks into the – Secondary meeting says, "All right, I'm starting. I don't know who else is starting with me, but you know, I'm starting. I mean, just come in like that. I mean, what type of guy was was Gerald? Was the complete opposite. I mean, Gerald was unassuming. I mean, you knew him as 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 a player. Uh, his physical presence it was known. He wasn't a, he wasn't a big guy, but Gerald was. I don't know how to say it, but he was unassuming. You, but once he got on the field, Gerald was going 100 miles an hour." Gerald would hit you, hit you, and hit you. Mm. I mean, he didn't give up. I mean, from from the from the ball to the sideline, from the ball to the sideline. Whether Gerald made the play or not, Gerald had some influence on someone else making that play. Yeah. And like I said before, I saw it for three years. I saw it. I saw it in practice. I saw how he practiced. I saw it during the games. And it was most notable – for the people who prepared against Gerald and the people who played against Gerald, uh, the effect that he had. But him as a person, no. Gerald was not that guy to say, I'm walking around and, and let you know how good he was. <laughs> Everybody knew how good he was. Yeah. And Gerald loved to go fishing. Every chance he got, every chance he got, he was going fishing. You know. But one of the unassuming guys, a disruptive player too, Luke. Lots of plays in the backfield of the opposition. Am I right? right? I mean, right. the quarterback 
gets the snap, and here's Gerald Bayless in his face. And like you said, most quarterbacks couldn't couldn't outrun him. They couldn't escape him. No. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Gerald, Gerald had that package as an old guard, which you always looked at. And Coach Carmen, they recognized that, recognized that pretty quick uh, of how valuable uh, that Gerald was and, and the kind of player that Gerald was. Gerald was was uh, was was a heralded. I mean, it, coming out of high school from Callaway, uh, I mean, everybody wanted him. He was the number one player in the state. Uh, him and Derek Odom, they were teammates. Uh, they, you could call them 1A and 1B about how good they were coming out of high school. And you hear the hype of a lot of people when they come out when they coming out of high school and when they're coming to your particular program, how good they are. So you you you're always kind of skeptical. And then you say to yourself, Oh yeah, that's what you did in high school, but you're here now. Let's see what you can do. Gerald let it be known real quick what he could do. And he did it year in, year out for four years. Right, we got about a minute left. I'm, when we come back, I want to ask Reggie about a lineage. I had this discussion this weekend. Uh, a friend of mine, I told him you were going to be on the show, and we started talking about the quarterback lineage that you established at Southern Miss and the quarterbacks that followed you. And I don't think, Reggie, there's a school in Mississippi that can talk about the number of really excellent quarterbacks that Southern Miss has had. Would you agree with that? I agree. I agree. Now, I've never really thought about it, but just in this it's, quick second that you mentioned it, I, I would have to agree with you. You'd be hard, and with all due respect to him, you'd be hard pressed to, to think of five or six really outstanding quarterbacks that played at state. And outside of the Mannings, you, you'd have a hard time thinking the same thing about Ole Miss. Now, we didn't have John Forcade, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, right? We didn't have to. We had Gerald Bayless, right? <laughs> and George Tillman. Too tall Tillman. Yeah, yeah too tall Tillman. He got was a, another pretty guy. He was. Pretty daggum good lineman. I got a story with John and Forcade when we come back. Yeah, all right. Reggie Collier's with us, and always glad to have uh, the perfect 10 in the First Bank Studios on the first day that the Eagle Hour is being streamed live. So, uh, quite a day, Luke. Great day. We'll be back with Reggie Collier after this. To the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, Mississippi. You can also find them online, gulfporthomecenter.ms. More room for you, more room for your family. Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Bob Dalton and I visiting with Reggie Collier here in the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Reggie, we want you to know how much we appreciate First Bank. First sponsor of this show three years ago, first place I went 
when I got to go ahead to do this show was First Bank. Man, we appreciate you guys. We we have enjoyed every single minute of it. I know I have. All right, Reggie, I had this conversation this weekend. A good buddy of mine watched you play every game that I watched you play, and we he do you were on the show today, and I said, you know. When you analyze it, Reggie Collier started a lineage of quarterbacks that I believe is unmatched in Mississippi that no school no school could, could name as many quarterbacks. You, and in my humble view, you're the, the best player, overall player, that ever played there. Not not to mention quarterback, but that, you know, I guess we could get some people in here that would argue, but you'd agree with me, right? <laughs> so we have Reggie Collier. And then you had Jeff Kelly, who played professional football a number of years, Lee Roberts, Brett Favre, Austin Davis, Nick Mullins. That's six high-caliber quarterbacks that have been through this program. And with all due respect, I would challenge any of my state and Ole Miss friends to name me six of that level. So my question is, how, how, how does Southern Miss get into this system after you played here that they produce so many high-caliber QBs? Now, that's a question, I, I, I be honest with you, I can't answer. I, I really can't. Uh, I think Southern Miss is fortunate to, to get these guys to play here, uh, for them to come here, um, and they just happen to flourish once they got here. Well, can I give you my opinion, and Luke can jump in here. Here's a part of the reason. Because a lot of these young men wanted to go play football where Reggie Collier played quarterback. You set the standard. I I mean, you did. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, I just wanted to play ball. And I just wanted to, when I came here, I just wanted to be a a part of something special. Uh, that that was that was my goal. Just just hey, I just want to do something that hadn't been done. Just want to be a part of something that hadn't been done. I was fortunate enough, and was surrounded by some great teammates, some great coaches that enabled that to happen uh, when I was here. So you know, and it's like I tell you, Bob, you you've been here with me several times. You know, I'll be the first one to tell you I didn't do it by myself. Right. You know, you've always said that. I, I, I had a lot of help. And everybody has 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 to have a lot of help in order to to accomplish some of the things that we accomplished when I was here. And, and those guys that that you mentioned earlier, and you know, you you mentioned the quarterbacks in Mississippi. You know, they I I have to give credit to where credit is due. They've had some of the best to ever play the game. You got Archie Manning at Ole Miss. That's right. All right. That's right. You had Steve McNair. Which we had a conversation is one of the best to ever played the college game as well as professional. Willie Totten at Mississippi Valley, you know those guys were were pretty stout. Dak Prescott, yeah. Dak Prescott, yeah. you know you 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 look around. We we what, we what? have we we can toot our own horn about right. what Southern Miss has developed, but you know the state of Mississippi itself has produced some great quarterbacks in its own right, regardless as to what school they went to, whether it be Ole Miss, Mississippi Valley, Mississippi State. Uh, Alcorn mm-hmm. or anywhere else, you know. So, but you know that's that that is a pretty impressive list of those guys who played right, at Southern no Miss question. and what they've done when they were here. And uh, you know, it, it feels good to be be the, the at the top of that list and to kind of start it. I'd add one more name: that Dustin Allman. He played with me four mm-hmm. years. I mean, he's he's fourth all time, you know, in passing at Southern Miss. Reggie, people always, you know, uh, they, they think hypotheticals. You ever thought about if you were born? 25 to 30 years later what your statistics and success would have looked like in this modern game yeah it'd be, it'd be something I, I, I periodically i do I, I don't 
never spent a lot of time on it because I think, Bob, you and I had that conversation once before about, you know, 20 or 30 years later. You know, well, if I was 30 years later, I wouldn't have been been able to do what I did, you know, initially. You know, and to ask me to trade that, no, nah, I don't think I would because – like I said before, I was a part of something that was the first to even happen. Yeah, you were. You, know, you were. You were the first you know, quarterback right. to ever throw for a thousand and rush for a thousand. Well, not only that, but you know, I happened to be on a part of something the, the first time we'd ever been on TV, the first time we'd ever been to a bowl game, the first time we'd ever been ranked. Eagle Fever. You know that kind of thing. You know, we brought something to the city that had ne- the city had never experienced before. It was magic, Reggie. You know. And to do it for the first time, it, it was something really special. So, you know, as far as the, the plays and, and how it's done and the, and the offenses that are run now, you know, I wouldn't trade. But, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. And if world. you would have been born now, you wouldn't have the kids looking at the iPad saying, "That was you." Yeah, that was you. Yeah. Plus, I'd probably be a billionaire. So, <laughs> you know, but well, you wouldn't want that. Yeah. Because then you wouldn't work at First Bank and yeah. you wouldn't be here with us. But you know, I just, I just, I just really <laughs> want to reiterate that that when I was here. You know, it, it was special. Yeah. And everybody I played with, the group that I played with, the players, the coaches, and everything that happened in that era, it's you know, special. it just it was no special. And, and it can't be duplicated. That's right. Well, let me tell you something, man. It's always special for us when it you is. come on Eagle Hour. We always appreciate it. Thank you, man. Let's go. I appreciate the being great here. great Reggie Collier on the first day that we streamed the Eagle It's Hour. great. We'll talk about this more tomorrow, but we should mention Southern Miss Lady Eagles beat Mississippi Mississippi State this weekend. Always a good thing. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, everyone, Southern Miss to the top. Mississippi Media Production.